The For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. Rising Tide Brewing. They take time and pride in giving back to the greater Portland community. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In the Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and today our special guest is Evadne Brian Perkins. She is a drummer and an activist. Um, please, Evadne, introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Evadne Brian Perkins. I'm a, I would say I'm an OG activist because uh, I've been an activist for a long time and I'm an old person now. And I'm a musician. I play drums. I sing. And I'm also an actress uh, or actor, which I've been doing since I was eight years old. Uh, I live in Gorham. I'm not originally from Maine. I moved to Maine when I was 13. Um, my father was in the Army, so we traveled all over the world and mostly stayed mostly in Alaska and then when my father retired we moved to Maine where I've been I stayed here until I was 17 then I left came uh, back when I was 20 and I've been here ever since yeah. well that's awesome so did being uh, an army brat allow you to like learn more instruments or uh, actually, I didn't start playing instruments until I met my husband. Um, I was particularly a singer, and my whole family sang. Um, I have seven sisters and four brothers, and we sang all the time. Um, when my father was a an officer, and he used to, he and my mother used to have cat party, you know, for the other officers, and we would be the entertainment. My, my family and I, my sisters and brothers and I, we would sing for the guests. And like I said, I didn't start playing an instrument until I was, oh my gosh, I don't know, I was probably in my early 30s when I started, I started with drums. Do you think that having the singer background that helped you become uh, an instrumentalist? I never thought that I could. I mean, I think it's helped a little bit, but I never thought I could play an instrument. It just seemed really daunting. And I took, uh, my husband plays guitar, and so I took guitar lessons for a little while at, uh, at uh, SM, SMMC, 
and uh, it just seems really, I wanted like instant gratification. <laughs> and the guitar just seems so, uh, so my husband, who also plays the drum, showed me a few beats and I was like, I can do this. I think I can do this. And I think I started out playing uh, songs uh, from the band. That was, I think uh, the night they drove all things down was like the first song that I played on the drum, and I've just been in love with it since then. I'm not familiar with that song, but it must be a classic. A classic, like me. <laughs> yeah, it's like from the late '60s. Uh, the band was like a really used to back up Bob Dylan, and then they struck out on their own. They're like a real, um, I think a lot of people like we discovered them and really fell in love with their music. So it's something you ought to listen to the band. Well, that's cool. Thank you for sharing. So, um, what have you been doing currently? I know with COVID, it's got to be challenging to have performances or during the pandemic. Um, how has that been going for you? pandemic has been really, really hard. Um, I started, uh, my husband and I uh, started putting like some music on YouTube, you know, just a few songs to, you know, just to get the motivation to do it is really difficult. So we did that and um, I've had to turn down some, you know, some gigs because I just didn't feel comfortable going out there. I'm just not ready to to go out there and, and read amongst the people as far as like you know, singing and, and all that. I really, so I haven't done any since the pandemic started. And I don't know when I'm going to feel you know, good about going back out there. Some people are able to do that. Like I have friends who are musicians who are out playing again. But I, I just haven't been able to take that step myself. That's completely understandable, uh, considering it's a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it still feels like a pandemic to me, especially now, you know, with cases going up again here. You know, so it's hard to, to think about you know, playing at weddings and, and things like that, where there's lots of people. And, you know, you may say, yeah, wear a mask, but when you're at venues like that there's going to be you know people who are vibing and you know then the whole mask thing they just fall by the wayside so I, I hope to go out there I mean I miss it I turned down a gig that I really wanted to do because I wasn't I just didn't feel safe doing it and I feel bad to, to do that I would love to do it, to do it again so just have to see how it goes at this point I've been to a uh, a couple of concerts and a boxing bout, and I've actually been kind of impressed. I actually was more impressed at the boxing uh, competition I saw uh, done by Portland Boxing Club. Uh, had amateurs and professionals, so they had a line where you had your vaccination card or a test, a recent test. And then they had another line where they were testing people before they could enter. Wow. Um, yeah, 
uh, and that the Portland Expo was really well done in that regard. Um, and then I know State Theater, I've seen that, I know they're checking for vaccinations. I don't think they're offering any testing at the spot. Um, so I've been really impressed with some of the Portland venues here. I don't know how other places are doing it, but I, my spouse went to New York City and basically every place you went into, you had to show your card. So I feel like that's a card and your ID. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that is, we are in the future. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to it. I mean, I'm tired of saying how much I miss everything. Oh, I miss that, I miss this, I miss that. I just want my life back. So hopefully that'll come soon. I'll feel comfortable enough to do it. I might start with a concert, maybe, and see how it goes. Yeah, don't go to Astro World or anything like that. <laughs> no, I won't. Duly noted. I do enjoy Travis Scott, so. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it sounds like the pandemic has had a huge impact on your life. I mean, who, whose life has it not have an impact on? Can you, have you been doing any activism? Cause I know the early part of the pandemic seemed to be fueled with BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, um, a lot of performative um, activism as well. Yeah. Well, when the pandemic started, it was more, you know, I preferred doing uh, behind the scenes, um, working with um, some uh, Native American activists and, and with Black Lives Matter, some Black Lives Matter uh, some of that, you know. I, because of the pandemic, I was doing more phone calls and, and fundraising and things like that. I just, I just wasn't I didn't even feel comfortable going out marching so I was doing more behind the scenes and also I've got you know my activism has been you know it's been a kind of a low in it because I I was an activist for so long you know I'm 61 oh, and my, my parents were activists and this comes a time when you're just you know you just don't have the energy anymore and so I'm happy to help out in any way that I can. But as far as the constant boots on the ground, I've kind of stepped away from that because I, for my own mental health, it's been really difficult, especially like the last couple of years with um, you know some of the things that have happened. You know, with Ahmad Arbery and all, you know, and Breonna Taylor, it just it takes a toll after a while. And you just have to kind of step away. But I'll continue working in the background for right now. I may eventually go back out and be more physically present. But for right now, I'm just sticking to the background and spreading the word, starting fundraisers, um, you know, working with other activists, advice, you know, being an auntie. Whatever I can do, I'm willing to do at this point. Well, that's great. I feel like it takes a lot of people to make the world. So it also takes a lot of different facets in activism to make the 
the wheels keep turning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it just seems endless. I mean, the road just keeps going on. And, you know, there's a bend in the road, but then it just, it just keeps going and going. And, you know, it just comes to the point where you're like, so, you, know, you feel like the, the progress you made is like three steps forward, two steps back. Especially, you know, during 2020. Yes. <laughs> it seems like all a lot of progress was just laid to waste in 2020, and it was devastating. Well, what do you mean by um, a lot of progress was kind of halted in 2020? I'm talking about you know laws being reversed, like voting act laws, and you know progress that we've made. Because of the last administration, a lot of the laws that were passed during the civil rights era were reversed and had to start over again. And one of those was a voting rights law? Yeah, just the, you know, all the, in, in, in each in state, individual state, where, where voting rights are, are being, you know, Usurped and it comes back to Jim Crow kind of thing. And my mother was used to talk about Jim Crow because she was alive, you know, she was alive during that time and lived in Georgia with the sundown laws and all of that. And to see the progress that they made in, in you know, Georgia and Alabama and, and the southern states, just a little bit of progress to be. To be uh, just white, a lot of them white came mainly because of the the judges and lawyers, you know, judges that have been uh, appointed. It's just just been difficult. You know, I'm kind of glad my mother passed away in 2020, and I'm kind of glad that you know that she wasn't around for not only the pandemic but for all of the stuff that's happening right now during the, you know, the last administration. My condolences. Oh. Yeah, 2020 was a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm like um, moderately political or keep up with politics. I try to do my best. I do know Stacey Abrams did a lot of amazing work recently and she's uh georgia she's from that state have you been keeping up in that oh i mean a little bit during that time um i've kept up a little bit with it you know and then all the laws that are supposed to be being passed with you know identification and they even you know passed the law where, because during elections, they had uh, churches pick up a lot of people and take them on buses, mostly black people, to take them to voting. And they even outlawed that, so you couldn't, you know, pick up a bunch of people on a bus and take them to to vote. I mean, things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been horrific. Well... So you've been making calls. Uh, have you 
have most of your activism been done for local events or have you been working into the federal issues? Um, mostly with different organizations. Um, you know, Native American organizations and also, you know, Black Lives Matter, but national, nationally. It's just been, you know, and the last maybe like four or five months, I, I haven't done anything. As far as that, it's just been trying to survive at this point. Yeah, I would imagine it's easy to get burned out while you're in that field. Yeah, and, you know, during the pandemic, I was working as an administrative assistant, and, uh, you know, I lost my job and was unemployed for, like, you know, all last year. I now have, like, been doing some contract work for the Maine Humanities Council for a year, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm doing that, working with their book retreat. So that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Tell us a little bit more about the Humanity Council's uh, book retreats. Yeah, um, every year they have a retreat that's uh, during a weekend in May. And I was uh, part of the very beginning where you, to pick the book that people were going to read. We had um, eight different books that we had to, you know, peruse and read a little bit of and and we kind of had a vote amongst ourselves and narrowed it down to eight and then we put it to a vote for um, people who were involved in the last book which we got to vote on what this year's book was and we picked an Octavia Butler book called Wild Seed and so we're still in the planning uh, stages of putting together the book retreat um, May of 2022 so that's a long process Um, she was playing a um, it's a married couple they're interracial and for some reason she's able to go back into time yeah, that's a big one uh, yeah. Kindred. it's one of my favorites I reread it at least once every couple of years it's such a good book have you checked out the not comic book yeah, but graphic it. novel yeah, I have <laughs> you have the, the graphic novel is it just as good as the regular novel? No, I mean when I go back to read it, I prefer I prefer to read the actual, you know, the book rather than the graphic novel. I mean the graphic novel is really really good and nice, but it's not the same as you know, reading the book because I think I don't know. I think it has to do with your own imagination. But sometimes when you see something drawn out, you're like, you know, I didn't. It doesn't. 
match your imagination. That's why, when it's, that's why it's hard when something that you've read, a book that you really liked, and then like somebody makes a movie of it, and then you see it and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's not really how I imagined it in my head. Yeah, I get that. I, I actually really prefer um, visualizations for most things. Um, yeah. But I haven't checked out the graphic novel. But um, nonetheless, um, it sounds like you have good taste in authors and books and you really enjoy reading. What were some good reads over this pandemic time? Oh, boy. Um... I read Dread Nation, which was so good. Um, uh, I've read so many books. Right now I'm reading Denti, which is a sci-fi book. And um, I'm a big fan of uh, John Connolly. He writes, uh, you know, when there's a, a character, a recurring character, um, this one's a detective uh, named Charlie Parker, and there's like there's 14 of the books, and I just read the latest one. Um, let's see. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that's a great sampling. Do you yeah. do any writing yourself? Um, I write songs. And I, uh, I have a blog. I started the, actually started the blog in 2011 when I was in college and I was using my college email for the blog. And I wrote it from 2011 to, I think, 2019. And even after I was through college, I was still using that email. And what happened was they deactivated my email, so my blog went poof, and I could not get it back. So right now, I, I, in 2020, I started the blog again, and it's just been really daunting. Because all I keep thinking about is all those great blog posts I made back then, and they're gone. So I started the new one, and you know, it's getting there, slow going. Well, I'm glad you're. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, I saw this documentary that was put on by Indigo Arts Alliance, and it was about uh, Driscoll. And he had a professor who would make him and the other students make art and then cut it up and use that as a collage for their next project. And I think it has something to do where I'm getting with that is it's important to not value your past art all the time because you just got to make new stuff anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I have, to, I have to start feeling less hurt about it and just let it go. Or put the pain in the art. I'm gonna try that. You know, it's hard. Like I was doing something that you really have to work on and let it go. 
because he's called Let It Go. I have to really work on that. But as an artist, it's really hard. When you're creative, you, you tend to dwell a lot on whether it's something good or whether something's bad. You know, oh, like oh, when I started acting, that's why I stopped watching anything that I acted in. Because it's always like, oh my God, why did I say that line like that? Or I could have done that. Or oh my God, why does my face look like that? And then I just stopped watching them and just letting them go. That's done. Not that you would look at it. You're acting, so tell me about like the last like play or whatever you were in. Um, the last was I want to say 2019 was the last play. Oh, all right, I did uh, uh, Beautiful Blackbird for Portland Ovations and the uh, Portland Museum of Art. We put on. Um, seven shows for kids. We, they bust in kids from all over Maine to, to see it. And it, it was a lot of fun. And Ashley Bryan, who wrote Beautiful Blackbird, uh, came to the last show. And it was just so wonderful to meet him. And it was just a lot of fun. I haven't seen it, but I hear it was good. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure it was. But it was a lot of fun. Do you often do plays uh, that are children-centered or for kids, so to speak? No, that was the first I'd ever done for a kids' play. I, I've never. It was fun, but it's, it's daunting, you know, because kids are very demanding. So it was, it was, it was eye-opening. I mostly do adult plays. I did theater for a long time, and I I got out of it. So that's a long story. <laughs> it was a long story about you know an agent being blackballed, and it was an article I wrote that kind of got you know the main theater you know collective you know didn't like me very much during that period of time because I was talking about you know, the lack of diversity in Maine theater. And I wrote a blog post about it, just laying it all out. And uh, that got me blackballed for three years. Nobody would hire me. Uh, they, it, it got around that, you know, I was, even people I'd never worked with, you would like ask them, hey, have you ever heard of Ivani? You know, Brian Perkins? I heard she was difficult. So I got that label of being difficult. So theater petered out for, uh, for, a, for a while, for about three years. And then I got back into it through a friend who was putting on a play. And, and I did a play and then I, yeah. But I've been out of theater since the, the Beautiful Blackbird. That was like a kind of a fluke. So yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that fluke because being blackballed probably sucks. But I mean, I'm sure you were able to get a lot of like growth and some other part of your emotional life from it. Oh yeah, I mean, I had music to turn to. I've always had, always had, there's always a song in my heart. Well, that is good to hear. 
Um, speaking of which, thank you so much, Avadni, for spending this time within the pocket. Um, we really appreciate it. And I'm sure listeners would like to know how you can be reached more directly. How can they get some of your awesome music and what's your social media? Like, what's the plug? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. And it's under, well, I'll spell it. It's real E-A-A. I'll spell it for you. Real, like a film reel. R-E-E-L. E-I. A Y A Y. That's YouTube. You just put that name in the search, and my channel will come up. Um, that's my same name for Instagram. And on Twitter, it's the same except no real. It's just E A A at E A A on Twitter. And there was a documentary made about me by Get Go Productions a few years ago. And it's on Vimeo. You can watch it free. And I have my blog, which is the same name, eaa.blogspot.com. The For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.